Hey friends, today is kind of a special day. The podcast is going to be a little bit shorter. I've been doing a lot of interviews lately, but this one's going to be about something else. It's an anniversary of sorts, not necessarily a good one, but one that has a number of lessons that I want to talk about. Hello again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where my goal is to help you with the questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul, and particularly to help other left brain types like I am to ask the right questions in our search for deeper meaning to life. Ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. So today's podcast is really about the anniversary of my my wife's accident. It's been one year. She fell at home. I know many of you listening to this podcast haven't listened to other ones where I talked about what happened, but on August 3rd of last year, she fell backwards while going up some steps. She had been having balance issues, and she fell back and hit her head and did a lot of damage. Uh, had a stroke, broke her pelvic bone, broke three ribs, broke her back in a couple places, and she was in a coma for a couple months. And that happened, uh, like I said, about a year ago. And so what I want to talk about in this podcast are the lessons, really, that I've learned throughout this past year. And especially for those of you that are dealing with people that have long-term illnesses, hopefully some of this might be helpful or certainly ring a bell uh, with the experience that you've been through. So the hospital experience is not new for me, unfortunately. Both my wife and I went through this with our son, Matt, which is the whole impetus for this spiritual awakening I'm going through. But Matt was sick for a couple of years, actually, before he passed away from liver disease and was in and out of various hospitals. I think he was in six different hospitals in the Washington, D.C. area. And believe me, we got to see a variety of emergency rooms, a variety of intensive care units, and different types of things on on different floors. One quick story, we were at Georgetown Hospital, and I'm only laughing because it was like something out of a TV show. Matt went into, he had some type of issue, I can't remember what it was, but he was found in his apartment. We took him by ambulance. Uh, Why he went to D.C., I can't even remember why we were in D.C., but anyway, he went to Georgetown Emergency Room, and... Man, it was unbelievable. I think we spent uh, 27, 28 hours in the emergency room waiting to to get a bed. And Georgetown is in Washington, D.C., of course, and it's a very active place. And it, like I said, it was like something out of a TV show. People coming in, people shot, stabbed, fighting, going on in the emergency room, going on in the hallway. Um, we were unable to actually get one of those little rooms in the emergency room. So Matt was in the hallway and my wife and I were, were sitting with him and or standing by his, uh, his stretcher there. It was just, it was just unbelievable. And it was a long time before he was admitted there. So the point of that is that we've been through a lot of different healthcare places. One of the best places, since I'm talking about good and bad, honestly, is Fairfax hospital, Fairfax, Virginia, that place has their act together. So is Loudoun Hospital out in Loudoun, Virginia. Um, really good, 
good places. Now, when my wife fell, she was taken to Reston Hospital, another terrific place. So what I, was, what I wanted to talk about really was there are really three main lessons that I have learned over the past year. And the three lessons are, one is navigating the healthcare system is hard. It's a challenge. The second one is don't accept any boundaries that are placed on you by the medical staff or by well-meaning or well-intentioned people. And the third lesson I learned really is that true friends are rare. So back to the first one, navigating the healthcare system. Like I said, Reston Hospital was wonderful. There are angels that work there. I really have to say the ICU there was amazing. Ironically, Marianne, my wife, was in a room two doors down from where our son had passed. He passed away in the Reston ICU. So that place was just full of bad memories for me. And then having my wife there, it was something else. Uh, Gone through that for a month in that hospital. I, I would have been happy to have her stay there, but because she was on a ventilator and tracheostomy and all these other things, they they can't keep somebody like that in the ICU and tie up a bed for a person that's going to be long-term or something like that. So she had to go to a long-term ventilator hospital, and that's why she wound up in D.C. Anyway, there are angels in the hospital, and in terms of the healthcare system, there are definitely different levels of care. I, I don't want to badmouth the place where she is now, there's a lot of wonderful people that work there, but there's a definite difference in levels of care between the ICU, the long-term acute care floor, LTAC as it's called, and the skilled nursing facility or SNF where she is now. So, and I guess that's the way it's got to be, but it's just everything is different from one level to the next. The nurses are better, obviously, in the ICU. The, the staff is better. They care for you more. They're, they're very attentive. Uh, by the time you get to the sniff, I'm afraid to say that uh, there are caring people there. There's people that, that really do care, but there's also people that do not. And it's just, uh, it's just a challenge kind of every day there. So navigating the healthcare system has been a challenge. I will say that it's, uh, it's a continuing thing. <laughs> It's a continuing thing that we're going through. I'm trying to get her moved someplace else, honestly. Second thing is don't accept any boundaries. This has to do with really my belief. My wife initially, I, I didn't think she was going to make it. She was in a coma for a couple of months. I really thought she was not going to, to live. And man, that was a very, very difficult time. That was like last October. Anyway, she woke up. She came out of the coma and that shocked the heck out of me and, and her doctors. And so when I say don't accept any boundaries or limits, I don't accept those anymore. I've, I've come to believe that she can accomplish or do whatever she wants to do. And prayer helps. Uh, I've come to believe that prayer or the energy of prayer, I did a whole podcast about this, right? But whatever it is that we we give or pray for other people, it, it definitely does help them. And she had improved tremendously. Just recently, she had a bit of a setback because she got an infection. That's another thing about being in the healthcare system. If you can't get out of it, I think you're susceptible to infections over and over again. So she's had a few of them. But back to number two, don't accept any boundaries. And if, if whatever people say, 
I just don't listen to it anymore. She can't do this or she can't do that. I believe she can do whatever she sets her mind to do. Third thing is that true friends are rare. You know, she's been there a whole year, and there are some people that we have, and I don't know how many of them listen to this podcast, but I just want to thank them for continuing to send cards. You know, it's been a whole year, and, you know, you send a, a get well card to somebody, and you figure that once you do that, you know, maybe they got, they've gotten well. But there are a few people that continue to send cards. There's only a few people that have visited her, uh, even though she's in Washington, D.C., and we, we live in this area, but um, those people are our true friends that have taken the time to to find out where she is and to and to visit her. In terms of, so those are the three things, but in terms of the overall spiritual nature of this thing, which is what this whole podcast is about, I've learned a lot about manifesting. I've done some podcasts on that where I've deliberately manifested things. Something is it seems silly, but something is as simple as manifesting a parking spot when I needed it when I was in Reston, uh, going to the Reston Hospital. But other things about manifesting wanting to see her doctor or manifesting wanting to see her, uh, people that care for her specific wounds that she has. And that has worked out. I've mentioned many times on this podcast that I set my intention every day, no matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm doing, my dominant intention today is to see what I want to see. And that works throughout the day. It'll work for you. Determine in the morning that you want to see what you that you want to experience what you want to see, and it all comes back to my belief in the rule, the law, the universal law that thoughts become things that we can influence what we experience, what our experience in this life is by what we deliberately think. I know there's books and whole movies out there about manifestation and the secret and all kinds of things. They're all a little bit different. They all have their own little slant on things. But in general, I, I do believe in manifestation. And I do believe that I have been able to positively influence this journey that we've been on for the past the past year. And the last thing, too, that I want to talk about is the orbs. So the orbs have continued. You know, I put some, some videos of the orbs up on my website. And they're also, uh, I've posted some YouTube shorts about the orbs. And there's people that you know, laugh at it and say, hey, that it's dust or it's insects. I guarantee it's not insects, right? I hear those little suckers. But I thought the same thing, right? When I started to first see orbs, well, initially I was shocked. I must say, initially, when I first saw the orb, the first one, I knew right away that it was unusual and something special and that it was from our son, Matt. But the engineer in me took over and the uh, and I started testing and trying different things and different phones and different cameras and a lot of different things to, to make sure that it was not dust and not insects. And all I can say is I've done this now th- over a thousand times, different videos. Sometimes it is dust, but uh, but I think I can tell the difference. And I think that orbs behave a certain way now. Uh, I did a whole podcast too about the the, the rules, if you will, using quotation marks in my fingers, the rules that orbs follow, you know, they only appear when there are people uh, present. They, they don't appear in our house, for example, when I'm not here, now that I'm the only one here. Um, but they have appeared when I've been gone and someone else has been in the house and the camera is alerted on orbs. These are simple Amazon Blink cameras 
and they alert on motion, they alert on um, movement, they alert on light, and they alert when when the orbs show up. Not every time, but the brighter ones cause the cameras to come on. So they have continued. They stopped for a while when, when my wife fell, uh, and I was disappointed, but they're back. And I've also mentioned they travel with me, so I take a little camera with me sometimes, and orbs have no ego. They'll, they'll show up when I ask them to, whether it's a Motel 6 or it's a, uh, or it's a Hilton resort someplace. They, they just are with me if I ask them to join me. And that is what I've learned. There's one last thing I, I want to mention. This is not spiritual, but it is a, an uplifting thing. And it's been reassuring, actually, in this particular hospital. And that's the, that the patients care for each other. The patients do. So when, when Marianne goes down to this little area, um, we, we call these ladies the golden girls, but there's all these ladies. Marianne's older than all of them. But there are a number of people that have been long-term patients, and they're all on the sniff level. Uh, but there's this little outdoor patio that, that patients can gather during the day. And, you know, they're not like us in terms of racial makeup and economic makeup. And, and um, but they, they encourage her. They, they accept her. Uh, she talks to them. They're very friendly to her. They ask me how she's doing if they don't see her. And I do the same when I don't see a specific a uh, man or woman that, that normally is there with us, I ask about them. And um, it's a little community, and I, I've really come to appreciate that about this this hospital, um, th- that these people are so nice and so supportive of each other. So that's it. I am hoping tomorrow to be able to take the grandchildren to see, uh, to see Marianne. I, that's another thing, too, is that it makes such a huge difference. I, I've seen very, very few other children in the hospital they're permitted but very very few so actually over the past year maybe only one or two other children but it makes such a huge difference for my wife to see the grandchildren and uh, i'm hoping to take them tomorrow not that they need to know this is an anniversary of sorts but uh, it's just important important for my wife so thank you again for joining me i'm going to end things for today Again, if you could do me a favor and subscribe to my podcast, or that way you'll never miss an episode, but more importantly, maybe leave a review. I really appreciate that. What it does is it helps other people find this podcast. And there are some people I hope that this is able to help. And when you leave a review, it it just makes it easier for them to find it. And I'm looking for more people like you that that can can listen and, and benefit. So thanks again. And I'll have another podcast. It'll be another interview that I will release on Tuesday. Very interesting lady, um, Nicole Starbuck, that I interviewed the other day. And I'm going to put her interview up on Tuesday. Thank you. Bye-bye.